are listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene, online at bethanynaz.org. I remember one day I was walking down a sidewalk. I had a destination in mind. It was kind of a shopping area. I'm going to a store. I'm walking along, and, um, and I'm, I'm somewhat distracted from, uh, from where I'm walking. So, okay? And uh, as I'm walking along, I don't realize that there's a car that is actually pulled up over the sidewalk, the front end of the car. The rest of the cars are kind of in line, but this one has come up. I don't realize it, and so as I'm walking along, I actually run into the car, physically run into it, plow into another person's car just with my body. What I thought, though, was that they had run into me, okay? So I jump back, and I look into the car, you know, ready to become a, a rights for pedestrians. You know, hey, you got to watch what you're doing here, buddy, you know? And, uh, and I realized there's nobody in the parked car. But what was funny about it was there were two people in the car beside that car. And they watched the whole thing. And they were laughing at me so hard. So, so sometimes in life we have a destination in mind, right? We've got an end goal. There's somewhere we're headed. But we become distracted. And in the distraction, it becomes a hindrance to us reaching the end goal. So we've talked about me for a minute. Let's talk about you. Where are you headed in your life? What's your destination? What's the end goal? Maybe a better question is this. What do you want? When you think about your life, And so I suppose we could break it into categories, and and you might say, well, when it comes to my physical health, I'd like to lose a few pounds, you know, but I don't want to quit eating pizza, so that's a dilemma, you know. Or maybe I want to start working out and really kind of chisel this body into a piece of work, you know. Or maybe in my finances, I want to, I finally want to get out of debt completely, or I want to uh, save money towards something in particular. Maybe there's a a purchase I want to make. Maybe we're, we're trying to buy a house, Pastor Rick, or we're, we're needing to get a car. We're saving toward that. And I think we have goals in relationships too. I want my marriage to get better. Or I want this relationship over here to improve. Or I want to invest in this relationship. And I think we also have goals when it comes to our walk with God, right? So where do you want to be in your walk with God? What's your desire? Pastor Rick, I just want to be closer to God. I just don't feel like I'm anywhere near where I want to be. You know? It's interesting to me that, that in the book of Hebrews, the writer compares it to a race, this Christian journey. And so with this race, there is a, you know, a finish line in mind. There's this, there's this destination. There's an end goal. There's somewhere I'm trying to, to get to. And so, when you think about your race, your journey with Christ, anybody in the room saying, I just, I just, I'm, I'm trying to get to be more faithful in worship, you know, or I'm, I'm trying to get a better prayer life going, or I don't know why, Rick, but it's been so hard for me just to kind of be a student of God's Word. I want to become one, though. I want Scripture to be something that I commit myself to. 
Or I know I need to surround myself with other Christians. Group life is important. Or I want to serve. I don't serve anywhere. Or I, I want to be a better giver. I don't think it's all just meant to be spent on me. We talk a lot about doing. Let's talk about being. I want to be more like Jesus. I want to help other people come to know Jesus. I mean, this is great stuff we've got. We're living a great life. We should be sharing this, right? I think the question of the day then is what's keeping you? I've heard it all my life. I wonder what's keeping him. What's keeping you from becoming the person that you really want to be? We're all becoming. The question is, what are we becoming? And I think we can easily respond with, well, there's a lot of distractions along the way, right? And, and I've kind of made a list, and I've got it in my head to some degree. I think there's, there's distractions like, you know, I mean, life's busy. COVID kind of had everything kind of slowed down, almost to a crawl for a while. I was praying more maybe than I've ever prayed. But I don't know, it's kind of ramped back up. And I'll, and I'll confess to you that right now in my life, it feels like it's gone from, you know, zero to 90. And I've, I think I've got to get a handle on things these days. I feel a little too anxious. My lunch kind of stays right here a lot of days, you know. So I'm just being open and being confessional with you that that's something I'm realizing I've got to address in my life right now. I think the whole money thing. We want stuff. And this whole idea of wanting kind of drives us. I think work can be a distraction. Work's a good thing, but work can become pretty powerful in our lives. I think, I think I'll just go for some low-hanging fruit. Social media. <laughs> we can spend a lot of time on our phones, can't we? I think politics can become a distraction. I think unhealthy relationships can be a distraction. I think the list is long. All sin is a distraction in my journey with God. So Rick, you just kind of made up a list. I did, but it's not unwarranted. What did Jesus say? Do you remember in the book of Mark, Jesus says something like this, the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things can just choke God's word, God's desires for you right out of your life. So here's what I'm trying to say to you today. Really simple, okay? Distractions can keep us from becoming who we were meant to be. Distractions can keep you from reaching the end goal of where you want to be. Distractions can hinder you in your journey with Jesus. Just got a little distracted. And I got a feeling... That there might be a few people saying, what? What are you saying? And then a few other people are saying, oh no, I get it. I get it. Something over here has my attention these days. And I'm not really focused on God's desires for my life. I get it. I'm distracted. So let me take you to this book of Hebrews and talk about this race with you, okay? Chapter 12, going to begin with verse 1. In fact, over these next several weeks, we're going to hang out in chapter 12. So if you want to read after uh, the first three verses this week, 
preparing for next Sunday's sermon, you can do that. And then the next week we'll take on a few more. Hebrews chapter 12, okay? Let me just give you a little bit of insight of what's happening. The writer is writing to Jewish Christians. People who are raised as Jews and then they convert to Christianity. They, they know the Scriptures very well. We can understand that. It's just as clear as can be as you read through it. He quotes the Scripture like crazy without any, any um, you know, kind of uh, explanation at all, assuming they know what he's talking about. And so as he, as he writes to them, he also understands that they are facing persecution. His fear is they may walk away from the faith because the per- persecution is so great and may just kind of turn their back on their faith and go back to Judaism. And he says to them, you can't give up. You can't let anything hinder you. You understand, persecution can be a distraction. And so what you've got to do is stay focused on Jesus because he is superior in every way. He is the very word of God. He is the perfect sacrifice. He is the hope of this new creation. And you've got to stay with Jesus. So that's, that's the message that we're getting throughout the book. You've got to persevere. You can't quit. You can't give up. So here we go. Therefore, so we laugh sometimes and say when we see the word therefore, we should always ask what it's there for. And the reason it's there this time is because he is connecting us to chapter 11 as he talks about all of these heroes of the faith, all these people of great faith, okay? So therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, it kind of gives you a stadium effect that all the people who went before us are in the stadium, we're running the race, and they're cheering us on. Since we've been surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders, including distractions, and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance. We're not going to give up. We're committed. We're going to finish this race, the race marked out for us. This is key. We're going to fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer. He ran the race first, and the perfecter. He cleared the way by going to the cross of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning. I love the word scorning, meaning treating as having little value. He scorned its shame. All the shame that was meant to be thrown upon Jesus on the cross, he just says, whatever. (laughs) Because what's going to be won in the cross is worth so much more, whatever. And he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So when we consider him who endured such great opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart, And stop running and give up. Throw in the towel on this race. Amen? Amen. Amen. I was reading uh, a few weeks ago about a man who talked about his recent trip to somewhere, some country, I forget, on the continent of Africa. And he said, I found myself in this little village living among these people for a few days. And I'm talking to the pastor because I'm just so taken aback by the level of the commitment of these people to God. I mean, they are 
fervent followers of Jesus. And so as I'm talking to the pastor, he said something that hit me really hard. He says, I feel sorry for you and the people in your country. He said, you have so much that detracts you in your walk with God. But my people, they only have God. I remember what I felt in my stomach and in my heart and in my spirit when I read the next words. Distractions are the domain of the rich. And I wanted to say, not true. I don't like that. That bothers me. You don't have to go there. I let the book fall closed on my desk and I stared out the window. And I admitted to myself, it's true. It's the domain of the rich. We have so much to distract us. And so he, he, dives, he dives into the conversation by saying, so since we are surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses, it's like these, these people who have witnessed God's faithfulness. These people who are great examples to us of faith. These people who made it who weren't perfect, but they still finished the race. If they could do it, then we can do it too. And then he just kind of dives into this advice for us. But there's something that's very, very important. There's going to be hindrances along the way. There's going to be distractions along the way. You've got to throw off everything that hinders you. And so right now, it might be good if we just kind of hit the pause button and say, what do you think it is that hinders you most in your journey with God? Where's the greatest struggle in your own heart, in your own life? Where's the greatest distraction for you? You've got to throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. So I want to just talk about a couple of things here before we move into the, to the next section of the sermon, okay? I want to talk about the fact that there are, there are things that can be distracting in our journey with God that in themselves are not sinful or evil or anything else. You might remember one time Jesus goes to visit some friends, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Siblings. So while he's at their house, Martha is a doer. And Martha is cooking and she's being a great hostess and she's getting everything ready for Jesus and making sure everything is perfect and she's just busy, busy, busy. But when Mark tells the story, he says she was distracted. And Mary is sitting at Jesus' feet. And Jesus said that Mary was doing what was better. And so it's not that cooking is not a good thing. It's not that being a good hostess is not a good thing. It's just that it can become distracting. 
So one of my daughters, and I don't really want to say which one, but she's younger than the older one. <laughs> got into a little season of our lives there where she would say to me when we were together as a family, Hey, Dad, could you maybe just put your phone away and be fully present while we're together as a family? I appreciated those words so much. <laughs> she was right. Is this evil? Okay, don't answer that. Let me ask it another way. I mean, in itself, this can be very helpful. This can be very good, right? But, but we'll just talk about it for a minute. Is it the first thing that you look at when you get up in the morning? Is it the last thing that you look at before you go to bed at night? I found myself a little bit interested and, and sometimes amazed. I was in a hospital waiting room not too long ago. I estimate there were maybe 20 to 25 people in the hospital waiting room. And, and this, I think, is a bit unusual, but I could not find one person in that hospital waiting room who was not looking at their phone. It's like we've become uncomfortable somehow standing in a line or, or in a waiting room if we're not, you know, looking at our phone. It wasn't long after that that I was at the airport and I was waiting to get on a plane Many people had boarded the plane, but several had not. And almost, not everybody, but almost everybody who was standing in the line was kind of standing like this on their phone. I think the most heartbreaking experience was when I was in a restaurant and there was a family of four, a mom and dad and two teenagers. And I don't think through the entire meal and before the food came and even while they were eating and after they'd eaten, everybody, all four of them were just like this on their phone just the entire time. And so... It's not that this thing is of the devil, but I think like this can become a distraction in our relationships with one another. There are many things in our lives that are not evil in themselves, but they come become a distraction in our, in our journey with God. And, and so it may be that right now in your own heart and mind, you're saying, oh no, I, I, I get it. I'm not... I'm not fully focused today on, on what God wants in my life. I, something over here has my attention. And I'm giving so much energy and interest to that that I just don't really focus on God's voice, God's Word, God for that matter. Here's the second thing. All sin is a distraction in my journey with God. Anytime any of us ever give in to temptation to sin, it takes us off course. And I'm not headed this way anymore. I've taken a hard right turn and I'm going the wrong direction. You remember the little boy who uh, said, I idolized my dad. He tells the story later as a man. He was my hero. <laughs> my favorite part of the day was when my dad got home from work. Couldn't wait to see him. I would run, jump in his arms. And even as I grew up, my dad continued to be my hero. But he said, I do remember every day I would come home from school and after homework I would run out to play. And when my mother yelled, 
come for dinner. I knew that my dad was home and nothing was going to hold me back. I took straight off because I wanted to see my dad worse than I wanted to see my friends. But he said, I do remember the day that one of my friends stole some cigarettes from his father. And we found a little hiding place there in our neighborhood and we lit the cigarettes and we were standing there smoking them. And I heard my mother's voice. Dinner! And he said, it was the first time in my life I did not wish to be in the presence of my father. Well, I, I get it. There's things that in themselves are not evil, but they can become a distraction. But sin is always a distraction in my journey with God. So what are we going to do? So here's where we go. I, I, I just thought I would show you a picture because I think it's worth spending some time on. Um, and, and they're trying to help me with my sermon, and I'm just kind of over here doing my thing. But distractions will hinder, and sin will always trip us up. This is Maddie Lee Corey. And Maddie Lee Corey was born April the 26th, 1921. So that means Monday she had a birthday and she turned how old? 100. Isn't that awesome? Got another picture over here. Asked what that was all about and they said she kind of has a thing for firemen. Um, I was wondering if it was because so many candles might create a fire hazard on the cake. Um, but no, it's just, it's just the fireman thing, I think. Um, Maddie Lee Corey was actually born on the property that part of our church sets on, the Family Life Center. Uh, grew up becoming a part of this church. And, um, and then later, as she got married, went over to help plant a church, uh, Lakeview Park. Later came back to Bethany First Church. But I just think it's, it's awesome to celebrate. Do you know how you get to be 100 years old? Do you know how? Do you know what the secret is? You just don't stop living. That's it. You just don't quit. You just keep living. And it's the advice Paul gives when he talks about this journey of faith, this Christian life. Don't let anything get in your way to keep you from persevering and keep living this Christian life. You remember what the Hebrew writer was concerned about? I'm afraid you might quit. Don't quit. Persevere. And then he gives awesome advice. It's Jesus, the perfecter, the pioneer of our faith. You're going to fix your eyes on him. The Greek word that is used is about turning your eyes away from other things and turning your eyes to one thing. I love that, don't you? So I'm just going to focus on Jesus. I'm just going to stay with Jesus. Jesus is going to get me there. And Jesus had a lot of things that could trip him up, a lot of things that could take him off track. The cross, persecution... And Jesus scorned its shame. He said, whatever. There is something in the future much better. And it's worth going through what I'm going through now. I can be okay. And so I think this is where we kind of come to the end of this this morning. If Jesus, with everything that the enemy threw at him, can stay strong and stay committed and stay on track to the mission that God has called him to, then I can stay on track. If the people the writer's writing to, with the persecution that they're facing, can stay committed, can stay strong, can stay on track, then I can stay on track. No matter what the enemy throws my way, no matter what temptation he comes at me with, no matter what distractions he puts in front of me, 
I'm going to stay committed. I'm going to stay on track and stay in the faith. And so I'm going to ask you to bow your heads for a minute with me, okay? Would you just take a moment to say, Lord, in these moments, could you and I just have a conversation about my walk with you? Has something got my attention today, Lord? Is it keeping me from being focused on you? Father, the enemy throws a lot at us. And so I pray this morning that you'll help us to identify those things in our lives that have our attention. And let us take our eyes off those things and focus our eyes on Jesus who stayed true to your calling on his life. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You have been listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene. Visit us online at BethanyNaz.org.